Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up to the minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team and remember to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, the game starts here. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Dog Check. I am Max Loeb. Loeb's Leads here with Eric Metcalf, and we have a very special episode for you all today. It's the official Team Needs episode of the Cleveland Browns. So we're going to play a game with you guys, with Eric and I, and we're going to go through every single position group on the Browns roster. And we're going to give a grade one through 10 based on how confident we are in that position group going into next season. As always, if you guys are listening to this, make sure you follow our, uh, the socials as well, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever you got to do. You can comment your numbers for each position group on the videos we post on there as well. But Eric, I'll kick it to you to start. You know we have to start with the quarterbacks, right? <laughs> One through ten, how confident are you in the Browns quarterback situation next year? And if you feel like there's any needs they need to fill, free agents, draft, trade, whatever it may be. I'm going to go with a, a solid eight. Okay. I feel good about the situation. I mean, we know Deshaun – has been injured and he hasn't played that many games as a Brown. I think it's only what 12 total, but he's, but he's eight and four. Right. Yep. And so anybody would be happy with eight and four for a starting quarterback. If he only played 12 games, and, but, mm-hmm. but he's been injured. He, he's had some games that weren't very good, but we still managed to win those games. But I feel like bringing in Ken Dorsey and him being able to to gel with him as far as a, a running a dual threat quarterback, I think that brings a lot to the table, and it brings a lot to Stefanski in his play calling. And so it, it, I think it makes it a little easier. It's not one of those, how do I call plays or what do I call in this situation? Because I think everybody, like I said, will have continuity and and be able to just roll right through with it. So I'm, I feel good about uh, Deshaun being the starter. Um, of course, DTR as a backup, we don't know what they will do with, with Flacco, but if he's willing to come back or they're willing to work it out, I'd I feel confident with him being a backup as well. I don't know if that creates a problem, you know, for for team, for the players and, and people around with Deshaun and Flacco just because of what Flacco was able to accomplish last year. But I, I feel good about that Roman working ahead. Gotcha. I, I like that a lot. Very, very good analysis. I think it, you bring up a really good point when you say – even with quarterback questions, we still won games. Still won games, even with even poor play, to be honest with you. They still won games, found ways to win games. So that makes me more confident in the quarterback situation going forward. I, I'm going to go decimals here. I'm going to give them a 7.6. I feel confident. I'm just above like 75% confident, just above 75% belief, if you will, in Deshaun Watson, as well as the situation as a whole. I think the Flacco thing is fascinating. I I think there could be issues in the locker room if both of them are there. Let's say Watson starts and he doesn't play well the first couple couple weeks of the season. You have maybe issues in the locker room. Guarantee you there will be issues in the media for sure. You're going to hear all those outside voices. I know players do their best to avoid that, but it's kind of the reality of the situation. It wouldn't create a quarterback controversy per se, but 
if it kept stringing along and Watson wasn't playing well, I, I think it could. That's why I think in free agency, you look at needs. I also feel confident in DTR as a backup. I think when you look at what he did this past season, people just you know casually overlook the fact that he was a rookie. This was his first year in the NFL. So expecting him to come in and play at the level of a guy like Deshaun Watson, even Joe Flacco, uh, is kind of unfair to him, I think. So giving him another year in the system is going to be really good. I don't know. I, I think whether it's the draft or free agency, that's where they'll find their third guy that they're confident in. I find it really hard to believe they're going to bring Flacco back, but we will see. We will see. We can uh, we can shift to a, a new position group. And I think this is probably the the biggest talking point of the Browns this offseason, especially, uh, especially. I'll, I'll group it in as pass catchers, receivers, and tight ends. Give me your grade, but I also want to hear where do you think they look in terms of filling voids, if there are any voids, whether it's trades, free agency, the draft. What do you think there? Well, if we're gonna if we're gonna put them together, yeah, I, I have to give them give them an A, and that's and, and when I do that, that's mainly because of Amari and and, yeah. the, Chief, and the Chief, right? I mean, they had great seasons. They did a lot of big things. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the passing game. Um, so I'd have to give them an A. Um, when we're talking about the whole group. Yeah, holistically. <laughs> holistically, as pass catchers, I, I think there's something still needed in there. I think there's mm-hmm. – we, we look for guys to, to stretch the field. And, I mean, Silver yes. Tillman did it in a couple times during the season. He did it a lot in college. Um, we expected, expected uh, Elijah Moore to do it more in, in the slot. It just didn't happen. And so I think, you know, through the draft, I'm, or I don't know how we could work it through free agency, that we find somebody who's mm-hmm. explosive, somebody who can do both, whether it be inside or outside, and, and, and stretch the field. And I and I, I think there are a lot of guys out there that, that you can get. There. I mean, even if you have to wait to the draft, there are a lot of good receivers who yes. were able to make plays in this draft. I mean, you know, you won't get – the Romes and the, and the neighbors, those guys early. Yeah. But if you get a, a, a poke from Washington, say late, you know, that, that he's a very good receiver who could make plays. And, and so I think, I think we're as, as well as the group played last year in certain circumstances, I think we can always get better there. And that's, and that makes it easier on the quarterback, especially yeah. when you're talking about guys who can separate, especially guys when you're talking about people who can get down the field because now every pass doesn't have to be on the money. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a perfect pass. And so you don't have to be sitting back thinking, oh, that was a great pass. He threw the guy open because they have some separation. And so we need somebody somebody else who can who can also do that because it makes it a lot easier on the other pass catchers and, and effectively the running game. Yeah, I completely agree with you. The stretching the field aspect is the biggest thing for me. Do you think there's a guy out there in free agency that the Browns would probably pay a little bit less for that would fit well? Is there anybody that comes to mind for you? Pay less for? Yeah, because, you know, you got like you got the big names like I know T Higgins and Mike Evans aren't guys that will necessarily stretch the field like some other players. But, you know, you got those big names. I know people are also talking about Tyler Boyd potentially moving on from the Cincinnati Bengals, a couple other receivers that could be there in free agency. Are there any guys that you think are flying under the radar that the Browns could sign? I don't know about flying. If I, I think if I could just get someone, like we said, T. Higgins would probably get franchised. Yeah. You know that. If I, I think it'd be Brandon Ayuk. 
Mm, I like right? that. Because he's, he's a guy who could do a lot of things. I mean, a lot of times when we're talking about stretching the field and getting separation, like take anybody who plays for the Rams, uh, as we have seen over the course of the last couple of years, or, or the 49ers. It's not because they're just outrunning guys. Yep. A lot of times it's, it's them being schemed open like that with that separation. And so when you have a, a player like, say, a Brandon Ayuk in this offense, along with Chief and Amari, it just opens the field up. And if you're scheming it right, guys can be open. So I, I like a player like Brandon Ayuk. I think he'll cost more than yeah. than just a little money. But, you know, there's people like him that I think about. Because when I'm looking at this team and, and pass catchers and what we're trying to do, which is ultimately get to a Super Bowl and win it, Trying to bring the best players you can on this team. So I'm not trying to find somebody flying under the radar. I'm trying to bring the best players that we can. If we can figure it out to get these good players, then we got to do so. Yeah, I agree with you. And you said you gave them an A. Do you want to stick with the letter scale or do you want to go the number scale? I'll let you pick. I'm sorry. I'm going to go back to it. I'm sorry. That's right. It's a number scale. I I give them a C because I'm – since we're doing, using decimals, I'm going to give yeah. them a oh, yeah. 8.8. Nice. <laughs> with, with, yeah, I'll give them an 8.8. Yeah, I can't get I like yeah. that. Good. Okay, so that's good. I, I'll, I'm going to go a little bit lower. I'll give them, I'll give them a, I'll give them a seven, eight. Again, I'm like, I'm moderately confident. I think they need a third guy. I don't know if it's somebody that's on the roster. I don't know if it's somebody that they're going to get in free agency. I really liked what I saw from Cedric Tillman, to be honest with you. And that's another guy who can, create separation, a little bit of a bigger body too, bigger catch radius, makes it easier for a quarterback. I just feel like they need a third guy to emerge. I, I don't know if it's Elijah Moore. I think as the season went on, especially in that last Jets game, we saw what Elijah Moore could do if given the opportunity. Remember, Amari Cooper didn't play that game, right? So he had plenty of opportunities against a good secondary too, made the most of them. I find it hard to believe they will be able to sign a big receiver. I would love Brandon Ayuk. I would love T. Higgins. I'd love any of those guys. I find it hard to believe they they'd be able to financially make it work and still feel confident in all the defensive players that they're letting go. I think a guy that's flying under the radar that the Browns realistically could could sign is Darnell Mooney. I think that's a guy who really can stretch the field with his speed and his athleticism. Kind of not given the short end of the stick, but displaced by DJ Moore in Chicago, and I think the Bears know we're probably going to draft a receiver in the first round. And if we don't, we got the money to sign another big guy like Mike Evans or T Higgins. So I think he's probably gone from Chicago. And I think if he's looking for a home to be a true number two or number three receiver, Cleveland would probably give him as good of a chance as anybody. So that's a good, that's a good under the radar guy for the Browns. I think Darnell Mooney could fit really well there, but yeah, I'll give, I'll give him a seven, eight. We can move to the running backs now. I mean, there's only so much we can talk about here. The story here is Nick Chubb, does he come back healthy? And then who's their number two, or really number two and number three? What do they do with Kareem Hunt? I'll, I'll kick it to you there. Okay, first of all, I'm going to tell you, my job is not to count the money. My job is to put <laughs> the best team together. There you go. That's all I care about. That, yeah. that's, we'll leave that counting the money to someone else. I'll count the money. I can count the money. I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to put the best possible team together. And so, and so, moving to the uh, running back room, it, it's it's hard because you know, how does Kareem come back? We know if he's healthy, he is the guy. He's a top yep. three running back um, in in this league. 
and, and, and numbers have shown that over the course of his career. And we want him to be healthy. I think, I think, see, I don't want to count money. You're going to force me to count money. His no. money, his money makes a problem. Right. And so I think if they restructure, then you can do a lot of more, a lot more things with it, you know? And so he's going to be the number one. Uh, we don't know when, mm-hmm. but until he is, we need Jerome Ford to be that guy. Right. Yeah. As I have my druthers, I would have, uh, Kareem back. That's because I know it's someone who's going to play hard. Um, he knows the system. And, and whatever it was said about him needing to grow up and all that, who cares? He had 10 touchdowns. I mean, yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, everybody everybody has something, you know? Yeah. And, and so if he went out there and did his job when called upon. I mean, we didn't see any any problems on the field. We didn't see any fumbles. We didn't see drop balls or anything that we saw him go out there and be consummate pro and and, and make some plays, even though he came in late. And so, yeah, if the room, if if it were up to me, the room would look just like it did two years ago. Nick, Kareem, and Jerome Ford. Yeah, right. And 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 it worked. And I think it could still work as soon as uh, Nick gets healthy and, and those guys, uh, if those guys are able to bring uh, Kareem back. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I know you don't like to count money, but I'm thinking about it. I don't think it'll be an issue financially. I can't imagine a world where Kareem Hunt demands a ton of money. I, I can't imagine it, especially if it means coming back to the Browns, a team that he's explicitly said he's loved. He loves playing in Cleveland. He loves the city. I, I don't know if he'd take a discount per se, but I think he'd be warmed up more to the idea of taking a little bit less money if it meant to stay in Cleveland. I, I'm going to give him like an 8-2. Again, I'm really confident strictly based off the fact that, one, Nick Chubb will come back. How different will he look? That we kind of wait to see. But again, even this year with a beat-up offensive line, Jerome Ford looked good. He looked efficient. Kareem Hunt got in the end zone. That's their goal line guy. Like there was enough this year without one of the two best running backs in the NFL to make you feel moderately confident in the run game. Now it was clear that Nick Chubb was missed. I think we can both agree there, but even when he was out, it it was efficient. And I think we talked about that as the year went on, maybe the volume wasn't there as it once was, but it was more efficient. It it was efficient. They were still getting what they needed. Obviously the offense changed a little bit when Flacco came in, but I'll give him an eight too. I think I'm confident in them. What, what's your number for him? I'm going to go with an eight because I'm confident in that group. Like I said, we don't know if Kareem is coming back. We don't actually know when Nick will be back. Yeah. And so, and 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 so that I think that plays a part in it. But if we were able to get all these guys back, I feel good about it. I feel like an eight for sure because a lot of times, even though, like you said, running the ball during the course of the year. It wasn't heavy volume at the end, but it was effective. I yeah. think if Nick's on the field, um, that changes the game as far as the passing game and, and play action. So it makes it a lot easier on on the windows that you are able to throw in because people have to uh, stop the run with him back there. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm about the same with you. Eight eight two. I'm in there. I like that. Okay, let's move to O line. I don't know about you. I think offensively, this is the group I'm most confident in. For a couple reasons, but I think this is the group I'm most confident in. I'll let you go first. I, I just think there's oh, you go first since you're most confident in them. I hey, what I will say to Browns fans listening everywhere is number one, I can't imagine a world where it's worse than it was last year. I really can't. Like that was injury after injury after injury. Like you couldn't make that stuff up. I think 
from a practical standpoint, it will never get that bad. Um, I think the glaring issue, and we've talked about this, is what they do at the tackle positions, plural, both right and left tackle. But at the end of the day, like that's a good problem to have, right? You have the Juan Jones, who's really, really good. You have a pure pass rush stopper on one side. You saw what he did to the elite pass rusher in the NFL this year, TJ Watt, guys like that. You saw what he did. You saw how good he was in the run game. And when it comes to run blocking, again, as the season went on, even those last couple of weeks without Jones, Conklin, or Wills, like they still ran the ball all right. It wasn't that bad. And as long as you have those two horses on the inside, Batonio and Teller, I'm going to feel really, really confident in this offensive line. And again, I think there's question marks for sure, which is going to make me you know, feel less confident in the unit as a whole. But like if they could put it all together, I don't see why this can't be the best offensive line in the NFL. I give them like an eight, eight, seven, eight, eight. I think like this is truly the staple of the Cleveland Browns. And I think last year kind of drew us away from that because of all the injuries, because, you know, you saw Flacco, you saw Watson, all these guys getting hit. You saw there were times where they weren't able to run the ball as much. It's tough to do when you got tackles coming up off a of practice squad or, or start of the year as third strings. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm very confident in that group. I feel good about this group, provided everyone's healthy. Yes, but it's the un- unknown, the uncertainty, mm-hmm. not knowing what's going to happen. Because if we look at over the last couple of years, uh, we've had people who haven't made it through a whole year. Yeah, right, and so and. And trying to move people around and and, and such, it, it, it makes it hard on a play caller. Now, with that in mind, there's no more Bill Callahan. Mm, good point. Yeah. And no more Bill Callahan. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about having to move guys around, possibly if there's injuries, or even if you decide I want to move, say the Juan Jones to a left tackle or, or what have you in front of Jet. You now you're still talking about have uh, not having a Bill Callahan who's probably the best O-line coach in the league there yeah. to make this work to teach these guys how to get this done. And mm-hmm. and so that's that's where I'm like I don't know if I can say this is the I'm confident in this group more than any other group on the offensive side of the ball because I don't know how they're going to play. I don't know how they're going to be coached. Yeah. I don't know who's going to be healthy. I don't know who's going to be moved from guard to tackle or from tackle to tackle or what have you. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, it's it's there's a lot of moving parts in this old line now because there, there is no Bill Callahan. And, and we don't have the comfort of Bill Callahan being there and, and feeling good about, oh, he can make it work. He can put this yeah. puzzle together because I don't we don't know that. And we and and then new uh, O line coach may be just as good. We just don't yeah. know that, and so that's yeah. the uncertainty that I have. And so, because of all that, I'm going to have to go with a seven seven. Okay, I like that though. I that's a really really good point with Bill Bill Callahan. I think I trust the the men who are going to go play in that room more than I trust the the physical people in the position groups that we just talked about. But yeah, that uh, you don't know, especially if. Dewan Jones is going to have to transition. Maybe even con- like who knows how they're going to shuffle that. Like, yeah, that's a great point, and that that transition is probably not going to be as easy as we think. And we know it's going to be hard too. It could be harder than we think. Let's shift to the defensive side of the ball. You can pick which of the three units: secondary, linebackers, or defensive line. You're most confident in. I think there's probably two that are up for debate. I, I don't know. I go back and forth on these two, but you can pick which one you're most confident in first, and we'll talk about that. If 
everyone is signed. (laughs) In the perfect world, if we were to keep every single person on that defense, I'm going D-line first. Yeah. I think I agree with you. That's the strength to me. Yeah. That is the strength. And, And if we can control the trenches, you have a very good chance of winning football games. Mm-hmm. And I think with everybody in position on that D-line, I think that gives us the best chance of winning football games. It makes it easier for group number two, which is the DBs that you're going to say. <laughs> it, makes it, it makes it a lot easier when that front four is creating pressure as well as not allowing a team to run the football. And so mm-hmm. I feel good about uh, that position Provided every, we can get everybody back. And, and yeah. So with that in mind, you know, you got defensive player of the year. You got uh, – we need a Zadarius. We need a Hurst. We need uh, all these guys to be back. Yeah. And if we we can if we get them back, it makes it a lot easier on, on the back end. And so with that in mind, I, I still think uh, – because I'm not counting numbers and I think we're getting there. <laughs> really yeah. the best team. That we can possibly have, I, that that group to me is the strongest group on the team. Yeah, and and so they, I'm I'm giving them a, a, a nine one. Okay, I like that. I think I'm I'm right there. I'll give them like an eight nine. I am right there with you. Do you think the biggest need for the Browns this offseason then is getting a second edge rusher, whether it's Zadarius Smith or somebody else? Do you think that's their biggest need then? I do because um, we're talking about Miles and. He was defensive player of the year, but his sacks were down from other guys who could have possibly won this award. And, yep. and that's so if you don't have that other guy, they might be down even more because then you're able to double team him more. You're able to let running backs and tight ends chip on him more, which is going to make it hard for him to create any habit. And so in order for Miles to be the best player he can be, and once again, it does not have to be – 27 sacks, right? It doesn't have to be 19 sacks because his 14 or or 15 sacks can still be disruptive as long as somebody is on the other side doing their job and getting close to double digits as well. And so now, now depending on how offense is calling plays, you have to decide, do you double team or chip Miles Garrett or do you do it to the other guy? On, on the other side, just based on how you want to actually run a play. And so that's why you got to have another guy who is uh, comparable to, to a Miles Garrett. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that controls everything as well. So if you sure up that defensive line, and I think honestly, we saw it just what they did last offseason, Dalvin Tomlinson, Zadarius Smith, building up some depth in, uh, in the interior specifically, like that allowed everybody else to, to play fast, to do their jobs more effectively. That's why JOK had such a great year as well. I'm with you. Most important unit on the team. I'm also with you. DBs are second. It's weird when you look at the Browns' needs, quote-unquote, at DB, because they're so young. And I don't know about you. I feel like they have all the answers in the building. I don't think they need to look elsewhere. It's, it's hard. I mean, you know, when you look at guys and, and you look at coaches, sometimes – it's not about whether they have all the answers in the building because mm-hmm. when we're talking about players and being in the white line, in between the white line, they do have the answers in the building. Yeah. Sometimes it's about how guys' attitudes and all that gel together and mm-hmm. how maybe one guy thinks, I'm a starter. I should be playing out uh, 
left corner as opposed to in the slot. It's those kind of things that people we might not be able to see that, yeah. that people might think this is why, or people might say this is why we should trade one of these guys, right? Mm-hmm. But when it's when we're talking about players, they're there. We have players that can go out there and make plays if everybody knows what they're doing, if everybody is willing to sacrifice and go out there and, and, and do their job. Because we saw um, they were one of the number one defenses in the, in, in the league this past mm-hmm. year. And so yeah. I think they can only get better because, like you said, they're, they're a young group. And people don't really understand how young these guys are. They, yeah. They've been playing football, but they really haven't played that much football yet. Yeah. Right. And so this is their first time going to the playoffs. It didn't go well. And so now you they have experience. They know what to expect. It's a different brand of football when we're talking playoffs. And so a young, a older guy, a more mature guy will be able to understand how to prepare for that and how to get ready for these games and the season moving forward. Because the season's not going to be easier this year than it was mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. So I think these guys, I think, like you said, they're in the room. It's just a matter of being more mature and coaches and players understand that we're in it for a reason that's to win football games yeah i could not agree more you hit the nail on the head i think I'll probably give them like an eight three eight two probably just like a little bit less confident than the defensive line but again like it, it's it's good and there is a legitimate debate especially if the browns don't bring back some of the defensive linemen they had last year like What's the strength of their defense? I think that's a legitimate debate. What what about you for the numbers specifically? I'm going to give them like a, a solid eight, and I, and I think it has a lot to do with just what I saw in in the biggest game of the year, which was mm-hmm. in Houston, yeah. where these guys weren't able to make plays, whether it be covering people or tackling. Yep. And so, and so because of that, uh, what we saw in that game was with the defensive line, who we gave a high grade, not getting any pressure on C.J. Stroud, these guys weren't as good that particular day as we needed them to be. And so that's mm-hmm. why I, I would give them an eight because we, we don't know that if that D-line doesn't get pressure like we need them to do, will they be able to play to a, a high level? Yeah, that that's a great, great point. We'll, we'll shift to linebackers. I think we both agree. I know you talked about JOK as a potential you know defensive player of the year next year. Like that is – the, the heartbeat of the linebacker room, but where else do they go? I think they did a really good job of masking their linebacker room with all the sub packages and different personnel changes this past year. I don't know. I think I'm confident in what they can do holistically as a defense that the linebackers don't matter as much, especially when you have a guy like JOK. What do you think? I want to agree, but I still feel like you need a middle guy who yeah. is the guy. Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. Because now it frees everyone up. When you have, if you have a tackling machine back there, a guy who knows everything that's coming, who can direct the defense, it makes it so much easier on everyone else. And so that's, and so although, like you said, they did a, a very good job of masking the inefficiencies or the deficiencies. I think um, these guys need somebody back there. Who can who's a tackle machine and can direct that off that defense? I mean, Anthony Walker went healthy; he played well. Yeah, but over the last couple of years, he hasn't been healthy. Yep. Right, and so we we need somebody. We I, I, I we need a a Roquan Smith type. Not to say he's free or anything. I'm just saying uh, Fred Warner, guys like that. Who can, when you're in the middle of the field, you know that they cannot run the ball on you. They're going to make 
plays. And so I, I still think, and, and it's hard to find guys, but, and they don't have to yeah. be as good as them, but if they're as active as those guys with the other uh, groups on this defense, I think they can be great players. I agree. I think that's a, a, a need they target in free agency before they target it in the draft. Like you said, they team that's more built to win. Now you probably want a little bit more of a veteran presence in there guy who's seen some stuff. I think that's a very fair assumption. Yeah. I, I think stopping the run is going to allow the Browns again to mask what they don't have and maybe won't have at the Mike linebacker position. But like you said, you get a guy in there who can tackle who you, as a defense holistically feel confident you can go out and cut the head off the snake, the first two downs, then go get exotic, go bring your five, six DBs in on third down. I think that's all they need. I don't think it's a huge need per se, just because of what we saw last year without Anthony Walker. I'll give it like, I'll give it like a seven, six, seven, seven. Like I'm confident, but I don't know. Like you said about the offensive line, there's uncertainty. We don't know what it's going to look like. That to me is probably the most uncertain position outside of the offensive line right now, but I'll give him like a seven, seven, I think. I'm, I'm about right there, about a seven, five, seven, six. So he's about C average. And so, you know, yeah. and so, yeah, that's why I feel good. I mean, but once again, they're a, a group, the, the linebackers are a group that is predicated on what that front four does. Yes. You know, if, if they don't, if the front four doesn't get pressure, if they're not uh, commanding uh, double teams, then JOK is not doing what he did last year, mm-hmm. right? And so because of those guys, he was able to just run around and go make plays. And so we can we can get guys who can um, who can make plays. It just they have to be able to make them when those opportunities come up. Absolutely, that is uh, the name of the game, especially when it comes to defensive football. We will finish with that, or with excuse me, the special teamers. Did you think I was going to forget about them? I did. I didn't. Well, I did. well, we'll group them all in together. We'll go kicker, punter, and returners. I don't know. I don't have any gripes with Bajorquez, Dustin Hopkins. Like, I like those guys. I think they did a good job. Went healthy, of course, obviously. You know, the end of the year was a little bit difficult for them and their health. But the returner situation is interesting to me. I, I don't know if they look elsewhere. To me, like, the day three guys you can find in the NFL draft, that could be where a gem is found especially if you want to bring a guy in to, to be that gadget guy. I don't know. You, from, from your experience as a returner, do you think it's easier just to come into a new situation like that? Or, or would you try to convert somebody from the Browns roster to more of that role if you want improved production? I think I would try to get someone who's always done. Right. And, 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 and a lot of times returners are guys who in college – haven't been the number one person on their team, but they've been people who could do a lot of things, mm-hmm. right? Whether it be a, a smaller running back or, or or a smaller receiver who makes plays in the slot and, and running uh, jet sweeps and reverses and things like that. These guys have generally been your guys who've been very good punt returners because yeah. they, they're football players. And so I would try to find somebody, because like you said, late in the draft, who, who's been able to play – a little uh, wildcat running back, a little receiver, a little just do little as, as well as return kicks and punts. Just do everything because this guy usually has a lot of vision, usually can make some people miss and, and make plays. And that's why during the course of his collegiate career, he was able to do all those things on his team. Yeah, I could not agree more. I think if you want to assign a number to this group, just holistically, special teams probably above an eight. 
I would say. I think like a Bohorquez, Hopkins, feel great about that. The returner situation, again, I don't think it's a dire need, but it is something that could improve this offense. And what's fascinating, like I thought about this a little bit this morning. You look at the Browns' turnover numbers. They're good, but they just force a lot of three and outs. They force a ton of punts because they get teams behind the chains and you know they get off the field on third down. If you got an electric punt returner, it would just mean more opportunities if you got a defense like that. So I think there's more opportunity than pure need at the returner position. But I'll give them like an eight and eight one. See, for me, being a former returner, <laughs> it, it, I'm not going to be as easy on that part of the game as okay. you are. Because I think when you have a dynamic returner, it shortens the field for the offense if you got That's if you're, yep. you're willing to set up uh, schemes for them. I think right now a, a situation is the situation is because there's no one back there that's dynamic, we're not really scheming to get first downs with the punt return team. Yep. We're concerned about possessing the ball. Right? Get a dynamic guy, scheme to make plays. And I think that's what it's all about. When you scheme to make plays and get first downs, then you're possibly getting touchdowns. And it makes it so much easier on, on an offense. Just think if, if you have, if the defense has an offense backed up, they kick it to uh, our 40. If we're able to return it past midfield, now we know kicking a field goal is just right there. Yes. Not as much stress. Whereas if we're just fair catching everything, we're not making any plays, getting tackled after a one-yard return, and we're still now on the, our own 41, we still have to make three first downs just to kick a field goal. So that's stressful. That makes it stressful. The, the, so that's why I don't make it – I don't think it's, it's fair. I, I think it, it's harder for me to just accept that you just put a guy back there. Yeah. Because I, I'm about guys going out there and making plays and making it easier on the offense and making it less stressful on a play caller and the quarterback when they're out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're going to finish the episode with this. I'm going to put you on the spot here in a perfect world, not counting any money. Who do you want back there returning punts for the Browns outside of your prime self? Perfect world. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's anybody. Like let's say any current player, current, any current player. player, yeah, that's a tough one. Because I I got a name I'm going to throw out that is more reasonable than I think a lot of Browns fans think. That's a tough one, but I'm going to go and I'm going to be Longhorn biased. Mm, okay, because he returns punts and kicks and makes plays in offense, and that would be Devin Duvernay. I like that. Devin Duvernay, that's a good one. And honestly, somebody who wasn't really used on the Ravens much this year. Granted, he was injured, but not not used as much, and they got a lot of receivers there. I think that's a good call. I Again, I got a name that I don't think a lot of people are going to like, but I don't think he's going to be on his this team he was on this past year again, Kadarius Tony. What do you think about Kadarius Tony? I, I like him. I think he can make plays. I mean, I think it's, he's he could rock the boat just just – from what we've seen in, in KC, you know, yeah. he could rock the ball. We don't need that right now. We're just trying to win football games. But I, but I like him as a football player when everything is going well. Yeah. Right? When things aren't going well, then it seems to 
get kind of ugly, and we, we don't need that in, in our yeah. locker room. And so I would still go Duvernay over Duvernay. I think I think I would agree with you, but it will be fascinating to see because there's going to be a lot of those gadget guys that are you know available in free agency, and we just talked about maybe taking the top off of defense. If you got a guy like that who's athletic, maybe he serves multiple purposes. Maybe he doesn't have to be out there every snap on offense. Who knows? There's going to be a lot of ifs and hypotheticals in the off season. But we appreciate you guys t- tuning in, listening to us talk about our grades for the Browns again. If you guys go on to our socials on TikTok, Instagram, or Twitter. We want to hear your number grades for each confidence level you have in all the position groups. Eric, any last words before we sign off? Go Browns. Go Browns. This is the Dog Check presented by Bet Online. We will see you guys next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.